Today's daf is Gitin daf Memhei, and we are nine lines from the top of daf Memhei Amid Aleph, the two dots, Hahu Avda. Today's daf is being learned as a Schus Rufu Shalema from Moshe Abba ben Devora and Avram ben Rachel. Today's daf is also being learned with Ilui Nishmas, Chaim Malazar, Ben Yibadal Chaim, Rib Shimshin Aryeh. So we're still in the middle of the Sugya of Avadim, the last leg of the Sugya, which discussed. Someone who sells his Evet Knani to an Ovet Kechafim, or someone who sells his Evet Knani to a Yid, but he sells him from Eretz Yisrael to Chotzlaretz. In both of those cases, Chazal said, Yatsa ben Chayim. The Evet Knani goes free. Either way, today's daf is going to pick up on the halacha of a Moicher Avdoi Lechotzlaretz. It begins with a story which immediately is going to get into a deep dive analysis of a Pasuk in the Torah, a rather obscure Pasuk in the Torah. The Pasuk is in Parshas Kiseitse. It says as following, Loisaskir eved el adoinov, asher yinotzel eilecha meim adoinov. Imcho yeshev bekirbecha bamokem asher yifchar so what does this Pasuk mean? So if you look in the Mefarshe HaChomish, Pasha, what the Pasuk is saying is that if an Eved ran to you, meaning he's coming to you for safety, for a sanctuary, do not hand over that Eved until his master, to his master. Rather, let him be together with you. We're... In Eretz Yisrael, ba'makam asher yifchar ba'chad shorecho ba'toiv loy loy teineno. If you look in the Ramban in his Pirush Alatayra, the Ramban says that the more general context of these two psukim was discussing the Yidden going out to fight a war. The previous parsha discusses kiseise machana aloyvecho, and the Ramban says behemshuk. The pasuk is saying that what happens if you're fighting a war, and during the war, one of the avodim of the enemy is going to decide that he wants to live with you instead of living together with his master. His master is not Jewish, and he'd rather be together with you. Says the Torah, keep him. Don't give him back. Do not hand over this Eved who ran to you for refuge back to his master. Why? So the Ramban says two reasons. Number one, if this Eved's going to be with us, He's going to become a Yisrael B'miktas. That's the fate of the Eved Kenani. And as a result, he's going to serve Hashem. Thus, it's inappropriate that we should return him to his master where he's going to be annoyed. It says the Raman, I'll tell you another reason. Because it's very possible that this Eved Kenani is going to be a good source of intelligence. Because if you have someone that's giving you inside information, you lach to Medina is rabbis, and you find this precedent for this. Where there were people that were able to literally conquer lands. Bekitzer says the Ramban. What the pasuk is saying is that if Klal Yisrael is going to fight a war. And one of the Avadim from the enemy is going to run to you. Do not hand over the Eved. Why? Two reasons. Number one, let him become a Yisrael B'miksas. With us, he'll be able to serve Hashem. If he goes back there, he's going to become an Oved Avadazara. Additionally, just from a Tachsusei Melchama perspective, from a military strategy perspective, he may be able to provide very valuable intel, and as a result, says the Torah, it's a loisase like the Isser of Achilas Chazer. Loisaskir But then the Rabban continues, and the Rabban says, However, Razal had a different shot in this Pasek. And that shot says the Ramban is in Mesechtis Gitten Daf Memhei and that is the topic of the first portion of today's daf. There was an Eved Kanani, who ran from Chutz La'aretz to Eretz Yisrael. So this Eved Kanani belonged to a Yid, and the Yid lived in Chutz La'aretz. He ran away to Eretz Yisrael. 
Now, his master wanted him, and he followed him. He chased him all the way to Eretz Yisrael. Also, the Kami Rabami. And he came before the famous Bezdin of Rabami. On my way, Sir Rabami told this yet. I understand you have an Evid. I understand he ran away. I understand he belongs to you. You have a Kenyan mom and you have a Kenyan Isser. We get it. But let me tell you how this is going to play out. We are going to write you a check, or at the very least, we'll obligate ourselves to pay you the full value of this Evid, but you, in return, you have to be Eloi, And if you're not okay with this agreement, that's fine, but then then we're going to take him away from you without giving you the check. And the makar for us to be able to do that is So this master chases his slave all the way to Eretz Yisrael. He's trying to get him back, which he has every right to do. And Ravami tells him, I'll give you two choices. Choice A is, free him, and we'll reimburse you 100 cents on the dollar. The other choice is, we're just going to take him for free. So, not such another choice, but that was basically what he told. Now, what's the makar to this? Why? Why? We don't just go over to Avadim and take them away from their masters and reimburse the other. So he said it was based on something that Rab Achab Rab Yoshia said. So what did Rab Achab Rab Yoshia say? It's a price of the Tanya. It says in the Torah, Lo yeshfu. Now this Pasuk is a general Pasuk that discusses an idea that repeats itself over and over again in the Torah. And that is that when the Yidin entered Eretz Yisrael, they had an obligation, they had to make sure that all the Umay Yisraelim, all the pagans, all the troublemakers were all going to be thrown away from the land. Says the Bryson, you would think that this halach is true even for an Ovid Koychavim who took upon himself not to be Ovid Avid also known as the Ger Toishov, Talmud Loimar, it says in the Pasik, Loisaskir Eved al Adoinov, Asheyi Notzele Lechomeim Adoinov. That it says in the Pasik that if an Eved is going to come to you, don't hand him over back to his master. Rather, what should you do? Maitakante. You should keep him with you. So the Brisa says that from this pasuk of Leisaskir Evadaladoinov, Rabbi Sein Uzal Darshu, we learn from here a drush. It's not the pasuk shan in the pasuk, but at the very least, from a drush perspective, what we learn is that if a ger toishav wants to live in Eretz Yisrael, there's no halacha of throwing him out. We allow him to stay there. But the Gemara says that Rabbi Yoshia heard this memra. He heard this pshat. He had a kasha. If this is the drush. That this pasuk is coming to teach me. They hide me in my doinov, me in other me by Why are we talking about uh, eved? Why are we talking about an adoin? Right? Sounds like this has something to do with a slave. The way we just darsh in the pasuk, this has nothing to do with slavery. This is talking about you came into the land. There's a member of the seven nations that are living there, and this member decided that he wants to be makabel on himself. Even though ordinarily hachrim tacharim but in this case loisasker. So his kasha was that if that's what the pasuk means, so it's not a question of returning him to his master. It's a question of returning him to his family, to his father. So he was very bothered, even though this is a Russia, but still the Russia has to have some shaykhs to the Pashib Shah and the Pasik, and the words of the Pasik don't sound like it's talking about a situation like this. Elam Rabbi Yoshio. So because of this, Rabbi Yoshio said a different shah. The Moikhar Abdul Khutzlar Zakasab Medar. That I think the Drush, the Rabbi Sainu Zal Darshu of this Pasik is that what happens if somebody sold his Evid Kanani from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaritz? Says the Torah, and this is the drush of the way Rav Yoshia understood it, talking to Bezdin, this is the way Rashi explains the Pasuk, Bezdin, don't hand over the Evet to his master, meaning to the person that just bought it, meaning don't go through with this Mechira, because like we saw the Mishnah that said, Now, just to be clear, is a Dindar Rabbi Yoshia is suggesting that this is Pshat and Apasik, which would upgrade this incredibly to a Dindai Raisa. But the point is that the theme and the spirit of that Dindai Rabbana is the way Rabbi Yoshia is explaining this Pasik. But either way, that's what Rabbi Yoshia said the Pasik means. But the Gemara says that Rabbi Achi by Rabbi Yoshia, Rabbi Yoshia's son, heard his Pshat and he didn't like it either. Actually, Rabbi Yoshia, he said, if that's what the Pasik means, if we're talking about someone that was Meicher Abdul Lechutzlaritz, then Hayasher Yinotzel Eilecha. Now Rashi says that if the Pasuk is talking about uh, Eved, whose master sold him, he sold him from Eretz, he sold to Chutzlaretz, then you have to understand what the word Asheyi Yinotzel means. Meaning, 
Don't hand over an Evet to his master. Asheyi Natsal sounds like he's coming to you for Hatzal. He's coming to you to be saved. Right, in the Pshut Mikra of the Pasik, the way the Ramban explained it, you're talking about there was a war, and there's an Evet that wants to come along with you. Don't give him back. Keep him. You're going to make negotiations and peace treaties and summits. You keep him, right? He's not someone you want to give back for all the reasons that the Ramban gave. The way the Brisa understood the Chathchilot, the Drosha of the Pasik, we're talking about a person who's living in Canaan, and he decided that he wants refuge. He doesn't want to be thrown out of land. He doesn't want to be killed. Says the Torah, if he's Asher Yinotzelelecha, keep him. But the way Rabbi Yosha is explaining the Pasik, means that if you sold an Eved, talking to Bezdin, Bezdin, don't allow the Mechira to go. We're Asheyi Natsal The word doesn't even make sense. What does it mean, Asheyi Natsal? So Rashi clearly was very bothered with this kasha. And Rashi t- says that you have to say that Asheyi Natsal means something else. It means Asheyi Sparesh Me'imach. It means not Miloshim Hatsala, but Loshim separated. And he has a precedent for this. Asheyitzal Elikim Me'avinu Breshis Peraklamadala. But Al Kapanam, the way you would read the Pasuk is, Loisaskra Evadala Doina, Bezdin, don't allow this Mechira to happen. Asheyi Natsalay Lecha, because you're separating this Evad to you. So Ach Rab Yoshi understood that that's for sure the way Rab Yoshi taught the Pasuk. Say he was bothered with a diktok. His diktok was, Asheyi Natsalay Lecha, Asheyi Natsal Me'imach Mibayale. Because what's the Nakuda? The Kud is you're separating this Evet from. It's not where he's going, it's where he's coming from. It's that you're taking him from Eretz Yisrael. So in the Dikto Kaloshin, what the Pasuk should have said was, I you not so, I say you sparish me imach not ilacho, el om rabachim rabyoshios, rabachim rabyoshios said, take three, I'll tell you what I think the derosha of this Pasuk is. Evet shebarach mechutz la'aretz la'aretz akasim adaver. We're talking about an Evet that's looking for refuge. And he ran away. He ran from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael. Not Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz. He ran from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael. And you know what the Pasuk says? That if an Evid runs from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael, again talking to Bezdin, and we're talking to the Ravamis, we're talking to the Grace of Batedidim, and we tell him that don't allow this Evid to go back. If he came for refuge, we're to you, to Eretz Yisrael, of running away from his master. Because this is the Mokam told this year, he says, listen, there's a drasha, Rab Achab, Rab Yoshia, this is the Iker drasha of Chazal, we're talking about an ever that ran from Chutzlar, it's there, it's Yisrael, there's a loisa saying the Torah of loisasker, so we're not going to violate this loisa saying the Torah, stating that, I'm happy to try to work this out in an amicable way, we'll cut you a check, we'll give you a shtar choiv, an IOU, you know, ask him. The other option is not as good. So, Tanya another Braisa that has another Drasha, had to be Mefarish this Pasuk. It says, Leisaskir Eved al Rabbi Yomir, Rabbi says a whole different shot. But, Leikeach Eved al Menas Lishachriroi Hakosov Medaver. We're talking about somebody that bought an Eved, and when he bought the Eved, he bought a Lechatchila on the condition that he's going to be Meshachrir. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? Amr Abnachim by Yitzchak. Abnachim by Yitzchak said the Kosov he told him as follows. When I'm going to buy you, that ready from now, sounds like even from before the time I bought you, you're already going to be free. Rashi says that this is the Makar that Rebbe holds like Rameir, other Machnadovish Loibaloilam. So we know Rameir is the sheet and shas of other Machnadovish Loibaloilam, but we also know it's not only Rameir. It's Rameir, and there's Gemaras in different places that have a whole regime of Tanon that are Bashitis Rameir. One of them is Rebbe, and this is the Rebbe that holds other Machnadovish Loibaloilam. But Al Kapanam, what the Pasuk is saying is that if somebody would buy an Evet, and he bought the Evet Al Menas that he's going to free him, Talking to Bezdin, Bezdin, don't allow this Eved to be handed over to the master, to the person that just bought him. And the reason is because he bought him on the condition that he was going to free him. And as a result, he has a right to go free. And the Eved ran to Beikutai. Now, Rav Chizda lived in Bavel. Beikutai was also in Bavel. So the story was, this was a runaway slave, but... From point A to point B in Chutzlar. It's Shalach Luhu. So Rav Chizda sent after him and he said, Hadrua Nehali. I want him returned to me. Shalchulei. So the Hever there told him, It's a Pasuk in the Torah. 
Now, they were under the impression that the lav of Leisaskir Evel Adonav is referring to an Evet Shabarach, but any time an Evet runs away, there's a lav in the Torah, you're not supposed to return him. So, Shalach, Lurav, Chizet, Snapshot, and the Bozik. Ahu be'evet Shabarach mechutz la'aretz la'aretz. That's only true if he goes from chutz la'aretz to Eretz Yisrael. Uket Rabach, Rab Yoshia. Right, read the Pasuk. It's talking about where he's in Eretz Yisrael. Imch Yeshev, Bamok HaMashinivchar. But the point is that that's what's going on in that pasuk. But from chutzlaritz to chutzlaritz, you're not going to have this halacha. Says the Gemara, Agav, why do Rav Chizda have to tell the Bnei Kutai that pshat in that pasuk is that it's referring to an evidence that ran from chutzlaritz to So the way Rav Achib Rav Yoshi explained the pasuk. Lachura, there was another pshat in the pasuk that we had, Rabbi's pshat. And according to Rabbi's pshat, it also doesn't mean an evidence barach michutzlaritz chutzlaritz. So the Gemara is just asking a ha'ara that it sounds like from Rav Chizda's response that because the halach is like Rav Achim Rav Yoshia, and that's what the pasuk means, therefore you have no right to keep my evidence. As if to say, if you would read the Pasuk another way, then maybe they would have a right to keep the Evet. But that's not true. Because the two drushes that we have in this Pasuk both don't mean that if an Evet's bara from Chutzlars to Chutzlars, the Allah is, now you get to keep it. So the Gemara says, I hear, but Mishum the Mashmaluhu cry. The reason he said this Pshad is, is because of Mashmaluhu cry. So what does this mean? So there's a Gishmaka Rashi. Rashi says, Pashte de Kro, Hachi Mashmaluhu Tve. Because Rav Chizda held that this is Yoiser Pashabshah. That in Hilchis Pashabshah, for sure, the, the drosha, again, this is all in the Olam Adrosh, but the drosha of Rav Achim Rabbi Yoshia is more poshet than the drosha of Rabbi, okay, the Hain, and who is he talking to? The Kutim, the Bei Kutai, and Einan Shoymel with the Chachamim. We know they don't listen to the Chachamim, right? Not long ago, in the end of Mesech Tesoyta, we talked about the way the Chachamim understood Lifnei Iver, Leisitei Mikshal, right? So they never learned the Pashib Shat. Lahochi Leisholach, Luke Rebbe. That's for that reason, he didn't want to send them Rebbe's Pashat. Instead, he sent them the Pashib Shat, or the Pashat that he felt was more Pashat, and that's Rav Achim Rabbi Yoshi. Abaya is of the Gemara, Ichos Lechamre Vekutai. Abaya lost a Chamor by the Kutim. Sholach Lahu. So he sent them a, a telegram, and the telegram said, showed Ruli. I want my chamar back. They told him, Shalach Simon, you want your chamar back? Give me a simon, right? Eluchayv lahachir is, he's supposed to have a simon. Shalach Lusi, he told him, the chivra kreise, his stomach is white. Shalach they told him, we're not for the fact that you're nachmoni, meaning, you know, Abayah's name was Nachmani. We're not for the fact that you're the famous Abayah. We would never have sent it back to you. Why? Because that simon that you gave is not really a good simon. Every single Hamar has the same characteristics. And as a result, really, it's not a good reason for us to send it to you, but we're going to send it to you. You know why? Because you're Abayah. So what's Pashup Shana the Gemara? Because Abayah is special, so we're going to be a little... We'll show chshivas for him. Deferential. That's the reason. So Rashi says that's not the reason. The reason is based on a halach in Hilchas Elamitzias. It's because Talmud uh, Chacham, if he has a tvias ayin on something, even if he doesn't have a simon, the halach is he gets to keep it. So what they were telling what was is that being that you're a buyer, you're nachmoni, so you have a tvias ayin. Being that you have a tvias ayin, it's for that reason that we're going to return it to you. And this concludes the first portion of today's daf. So. The Gemara, Vaiter, a Mishnah, and this next Mishnah that we're about to learn will be the topic of the raid for the next few Dafin. And it's a classic, Ben Benoishal classic Gemara, one of the most famous Gemaras in Shas, a Mishnah. In the event that somebody, a Yid, was taken captive by any Yehudim, and there's an opportunity now to do Pidyan Shvuyim, meaning these chevr, the captors are willing to negotiate. The is, you do whatever you need to do to redeem this person with the very, very critical caveat, and that is, you can't overpay. So for sure, try to bail them out. But if it's going to be yes, then you don't do it. So we try to figure out how much is this person really worth. We do some sort of uh, analysis, and then when we determine his value, that's going to be the cap of how much money we're going to be willing to pay. Now, it sounds a little cruel and unusual. You're not going to overpay, so we're going to decide that this person, if he was an Evan and he was sold on the shuk, he'd be worth $1,000. So, Zehu, we're not going to pay 1100 for him. It's Mipnei Tikkun Oilam, and the Gemara is going to explain what the Tikkun Oilam is. Another halacha, very similar. We don't 
encourage Shvuyim to run away from their captors. We don't help them. Again, Mipnei Tikkun Oilam, Rav Shimei Gamliel, Rav Shimei Gamliel said, that's not Mipnei Tikkun Oilam, but rather that's Mipnei Takonas HaShvuyin. What's the difference? The Gemara is going to explain. So, Arishin, Rishin, Valachar, and Achad. Rishin, the Mishra said, Eid Poitinas HaShvuyin, Yisrael Kedai Demen, Mipnei Tikkun Oilam, Iboyuluhu. So the Bnei Yeshiva had an Iboyu. What is the Tikkun Oilam that the Gemara was concerned with? So what do these two stutters mean? Is the reason because we're afraid that if you're going to start raising big sums of money to release the shvuyen, so you're going to impose a tremendous burden on the tzibur, and what's going to happen is the tzibur is going to bully deyanios. They're going to end up becoming impoverished because there's going to be so much money. What don't you do to save a yid? And as a result, the tzibur is going to come with deyanios. And Chazal were worried about that. So sounds like a massive chiddush. They said we're going to be sensitive to the anios of the tzibur, and therefore a point in the but the other side is to like the garv of Rashi. Maybe the reason is because we're concerned that if uh is gonna know that if he kidnaps a Jew, the Jews are gonna band together and they're gonna just spend as much money as possible to try to release him from captivity, they're gonna realize it's a pretty good business idea. And they're gonna start doing this, and there's gonna be uh, scale, etc. etc. And Rahman will what can come from it. So Pasha to prevent this from happening on a recurring basis. That was the reason. I mean, it's not so much Duchka de Tziburo. We'd be Mavata on Yiddish Agal to save this person. The problem is, you think you're saving somebody. It's to the contrary, you're only feeding this Mishagas because it's just going to build off itself if they're going to realize that this is really something that could be very, very profitable. Rashi says, what's the Nafgamina between the two Tzadim? says, look, Rashi, the Nafgamina im yeshloi av asher. What would be if this person that was taken captive his, he has a father that's a gvir. A karev, or a relative that is. So that the oil is not going to eventually end up by the tzibur. It's totally in these two stardom. If the pshad is duchke de tzibur, so there's no duchke de tzibur. One person's writing the check, and he's a karev. If, however, it's related to a chashash that this is going to start recurring, so again, then maybe you have to be sensitive to it. It doesn't matter who's writing the check. So the says, Tashma, bring you a raya from a real story. The levi bar darga parak labarti betlesa alfi Result. Levi Bardarga, his daughter was taken as Shvuya Rahman al and he was a Gvir, and he wrote a check, 13,000 din raised up. I mean, Abaya, but Abaya said, who said that's a Meaning, if we know that what he did was, was Alpi Dastair, okay, you have a Mufurish Araya, that you can go yes and make a if it's a Karif. Levi Bar Narga was doing this for his daughter. But who said that he did it, and as a result, you have no Raya. And as a result, the Gemara leaves this when he buried the Yishita. We're going to return to this in the rain. So, the Gemara. The next Takana that was mentioned in the Mishnah was, We don't encourage or facilitate Shvuyim to run away from their captors. Because of a Takana Shvuyim. So says the Gemara, my Beinayu, what's the Nafkimina? And really, before my Beinayu, what does it even mean? What's Pashib Shad in the Tikkun Oilam and the Takana Shvuyim? So Rashi explains that we're worried that if the shvuyim are going to start running away, so what are the chavra going to do? These people that have the shvuyim under their control, they're going to say, well, obviously, we need to lock them down a little bit more. So they're going to put them in a very deep bar, and they're going to tie them with chains. So what's going to happen is the fate of the shvuyim is going to end up getting worse and worse and worse. So that's the problem. But the Gemara thinks that tikkuna oilon, means that, and Takanas HaShvuyen means that. So if both Pshatim and the Mishnah of why Chalal would have instituted such a Takana is that, so what's the difference? Hence the Gemara's Kasha, Tikkun Oilam means we're worried about all the Shvuyim in the world. Takanas HaShvuyen means we're worried about the other Chevra that are in, in this together with this one person that we're trying to be Mavriach. What would be if there's only one person? If it's out sticking the oilam, so now we're bavarning all the shvuyim in the world, so you'd have to be worried about it. If, however, we're worried about his cellmate, his compadre, oh, if that's what you're worried about, he doesn't have one. So to the extent that he's the only person, so in that case, you would not have to worry about it. On this note, about shvuyim running away, the Gemara tells a story. Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman's daughters, Bachshin Ketere B'yodahio. They had a minig. This was a little uh, shtick that they did. They were able to take a very, very hot soup, I'd say, that was boiling in a ketera, and they can mish it 
not with a gopal, but they can miss it with their hands. And they used to show people from the fact that they were able to do this, it meant they were very, very righteous. Because how could you do that? Must be the Gersit Tzadikim. And because the Gersit Tzadikim, anyways. And therefore, this was something that they were able to do. So the Gemara says, Rav Elish heard about this, and he had a kasha. Kasha with Rav Elish. Rav Elish had a kasha. He said, Ksif. He said, Shleim HaMelech said, Adam Echem Mi'elef Matzasi. He said, I was able to find one decent man out of a thousand. Abba V'isha B'chal Eilu Loi Matzasi. Abba one Isha that I wasn't able to find. So he said, Oh, Ika Bansi, the Rav Nachman. He said, I have a kasha on Shleim HaMelech. Shleim HaMelech said, V'isha B'chal Eilu Loi Matzasi. What about Rav Nachman's daughters? He was very, very bothered with this. Says the Gemara, it just so happens. Garmalu Milsa V'ishtabiyon. Rav Nachman's daughters were taken into captivity. And it just so happens that Rav Elish, who was always bothered by how is it possible Rav Nachman's daughters were able to do what they were able to do, he was also taken into captivity. And they were in the same exact place. So, one day, there was a person sitting together with Rav Elish, and this person, he knew he was able to decipher and interpret Birds, when they chirp, he knew exactly what they were saying. Also, Urvan, a raven came, and this raven started talking, it was commanding. knew that this person understood the Sicha Seifus. So he says, Tell me, what is he saying? He told him, You know what the Urvan is saying? Elish Brach, Elish Brach. He's telling you to run away. He's telling you it's a Shasa Koshet that if you try to escape, you're going to be successful. So Elish heard, and he said, Urvan Shakrahu. He says, an Urvan is not a liar. I know I have a Messiah, ravens are liars. I don't trust them. I'm not going to risk my life now based on something that a raven said. In the meantime, a yoyna came. And the yoyna was making noise. Amalei, so Rav Elish turns to this person and says, My camera, what's the yoyna say? Amalei, so he told him, Elish brach, Elish brach. Amar, he said, He says, The yoyna, the yoyna is the marshal of Klal Yisrael. And the yoyna I trust. And must be, Mr. Nisa, a miracle is going to happen. Amar, so Rav Elish understood that it was an opportune time to run away. So before he ran away, he said, let me save the daughters of Rav Nachman. Amar, he said, Ezel, achsi bonse de Rav Nachman. I want to go save, but before I save them, I want to make sure they're kshere. Meaning, Rav Elish felt that if they're kshereis, then they're going to be saved. But otherwise, it's not going to end well. So he's just going to leave them there. So, if they're erlich ahadrinu, I'm going to save them. But if not, not. So he says, how am I going to find out if they're really, really Erlich? Because again, Rav Elish has always been suspicious. In the world, Rav Nachman's daughters, Bansad Rav Nachman are Nashim Tzedkanias. Rav Elish has his own little insecurity. Because there's a Pasuk that Shloim HaMelech said, Isha B'chalei L'Loi Matzasi. So he's not sure. He says, so let me look into it a little bit more. Bekitzer, so he said as follows, He says, women, they talk about all the Vichter Gezachim in the Beis HaKisei. So he goes next to the Beis HaKisei, and he overheard them having a conversation. And this is what they said. Adi Gufrin. Adi, Rashi says, means Elu. These Chavri here, our captors, they're our husbands. Unardai Gufrin. In the Naharda, you know, back where we lived, we had different husbands. And then he said, we like these husbands better than the old husbands. He said, I wish I wish somebody would tell our captors to move us someplace farther away from the Because I'm afraid that someone's going to come save us and our husbands are going to find us. We're going to have to go back to our original husbands. We like it here better than we liked it back at home. Either way, when Rabbi Lish heard this, he said, my suspicions were correct. Come, he got up. Arak, he ran away. Also, Iyu Bahu Gavra. And together with this other person, meaning they both escaped. The person who understood Sichas Oifis and Ravilish. Ravilish had a miracle. He was able to cross a river and he was saved. But the person that he was with, he didn't have the schosim to be saved. He was caught the Katlua and they killed him. And when Ravilish came back to base Medrish for Asan and he arrived, Omar, he said, Have a Kabachin Kidra Bikshafen. He says, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story about Bansid Rav Nachman. When they were missing, they were really missing Bikshafen. So the truth is, there's a lot to talk about right here. We have a raid bite from seven and a half years ago. It's called, I think, very accurately, A Little Birdie Told Me. I and Shum, it's a shtickle from Chaim Shmulevitz, Pashim Shad, and this is But either way, for now, we're going to go right there, and then we're going to get back to the raid. Zok the Mishnah, Ve'en Loikchin, Svarin, Tfilin, Umezuzois, Mena Oivdei Kaychavin, Yesner Alkidei Demeyen, Mepnei Tikkun Ha'im. You're not allowed to buy Svarim as a Sifrei Torah, Tfilin and Mezuzas, from an Oivet Kaychavim, Yosa Alkidei Demeyen, meaning you're not allowed to overpay. And the reason is, Mepnei Tikkun Ha'im. So this Mishnah is very much 
in succession to the previous Mishnah. The previous Mishnah said that you're not allowed to be poidin shfuyin yesem yikidei demeyem. So in the same vein, you're not allowed to buy svarim tefillin and mezuzahs from oivdei kechavim yesral kidei demeyem. So just to picture it, you have an oivdei kechavim, this is an Enu Yehudi, and he's peddling, let's say, the Torah, tefillin and mezuzahs. So you want to be matzal at miyadai, right? It's obvious. So put the funds together, and he has to say for Torah. Can you imagine? We have to buy it. That's fine, but you can't overpay for it. So whatever fair market value is, that you can pay. But more than that, not. Why mipnei tikkun oilam? So Rashi says, what's the tikkun oilam? The Gemara's not going to say. So Rashi says that it's the same ibayulahu, the same tut stadim that we had in the previous Mishnah. So Rashi, imishom duchka de tzibura. It could be it's because of duchka de tzibura, because all of a sudden they're going to start raising money to try to be matzal to say, for or he said, it could be it's related to this Indian, because we don't want, again, the Umayyad Oilam to think this is a good business idea. Start stealing the Sefetari Tefillin and Mezuzahs, and like this you're going to be able to sell. But either way, that's the Allah of Tikkun Oilam. Amalei Rav Budya, the Rav Ashi, Zaktimar, Rav Budya told Rav Ashi, yes, it sounds like you only can't overpay. But the fair market value that you could. He said, can we prove from here that if an Oivik Echavim has a Sefetari Lattery from it, so the Gemara in a minute is going to bring it. This was really a big Machloikis. If an Oivik Echavim has a Sefetari, you're allowed to read from it, you're not allowed to read from it. Some said, yeah, some said not. The reason not is obvious. How do you know it was written by a Yid? The Sefer Torah has to be written by a Yid, which is going to be the topic of the remainder of the Da. So being that you don't know if it was written by a Yid, so L'chari shouldn't be able to use it. Stating that, it's a Shailah. So said Rav Budya to Rav Ashi, L'chari have a Raya from this mission, you can use it, because we're buying it. So why are you buying it if you're not going to be able to use it? If you anyways can't use it, so why are you even paying up Tikdei Demehem? We're having a conversation, overpaying, start raising money, Tikkun Oilam, it's then on arrival because you anyways can't use it. Oh, must be you could use it. So Ravashi said, no, Dumaligones. Maybe you're buying it just to take it away from them. They shouldn't have it. Meaning you're not sure if it's kosher or not. Therefore, you're not going to read from it. But at the same time, we don't want them to have it. So therefore, we're going to put it in Geniza. But it's not Muchach from the Mishnah that you can buy it and redeem it and actually use it. I'm Rav Nachman on this note. Naktinon, we have a klah. Sefeter Shakasfei Min. A Sefeter that was written by a Min. So what does Min mean? So in this sugya, min, says Rashi, means ha'aduk It's talking about an ene Yehudi that's very attached to Avedah Zorah to go in kumar, like a galach. So think of a galach. A galach wrote a Sefer Torah. The halach is, you saw it, you burn it. And the reason you burn it is, is because we assume that he wrote it l'shem Avedah Zorah, and the halacha of Avedah Zorah is that you burn it, and even though it's a Sefer Torah, but a Sefer Torah that was written l'shem Avedah Zorah is ton strefer. Kosvah, Evi Kechavim, let's say, you know, Evi Kechavim wrote it, so it wasn't a galach, but it's not a Eino Yehudi. You got it. So there the halach is that you don't burn it, because you don't know for sure that it was written l'shem Avedah Zorah, the same time you can't use it, what do you do? You put it in Geniza. Nimtza biyad min, let's say a min appears with the Sefer Torah in his possession. So we don't know that he wrote it, but he has it. So what do you do then? You ganes, you put it in Geniza. Says Rashi, why? You can't use it because it might have been written by a min. You also can't burn it because it might have not been written by a min. So you have a suffix. The suffix, you put it in Geniza. What if you found it in the possession of an Ovid Kechavim? Amri lo Yuganes. Some say you put it in Geniza. Amri lo And some say that you're actually allowed to read from it. So this is the shita that holds that a Sefer Torah and Nimtzi Yad Ovid Kechavim Kairimbay, the Rabud you thought you could bring your eye to from our Mishnah. But over here it's a Shaila. Some say Yuganes. Some say Kairimbay. So Rashi says, what are the two Tzadim? The Tzad of Yuganes is, because there's a Chashash that maybe the Ovid Kechavim wrote it. And if Yechavim that writes to Sefer Torah doesn't need Sreifa because it's not necessarily written L'Shem Avodah but at the same time it's still possible. And because it's possible, you have a suffix whether the Sefer Torah is kosher or not kosher and therefore you go on this. What's the Amri Lokairim by? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says that there's a Svek Sveka. One tzad is maybe it was written by a Yid and there's another tzad that maybe a guy wrote it but he wrote it with the kavana to sell it to a Yid. And if a guy writes a Sefer Torah to sell it to a Yid it's going to be kosher. What? A guy writes a Sefer Torah to sell it to a Yid it's kosher? That's not true. Now that misses Toysvah's kasha and Rashi's pshat is really based on a Gemara that we're about to learn now quickly. But Toysvah says that if you do the recap of the next Gemara there's no tzad be'etzem. That a guy that writes a Sefer Torah to sell it to a Yid is going to be kosher. Even if there's a tzad that a guy could write a Sefer Torah, but there's no tzad that if you 
writes it to sell to a yid, it's going to be kosher. And Tais says, besides, there's no tzad that a guy can even write a sefer Torah. So it says, Tais says, what's the Amri Lokayim? But what is Pshad in that tzad? So it says, Tais says, Pshad in that tzad is because we assume maybe that the Iker tzad is that the guy didn't write it. Meaning, what's the chances that a guy actually wrote a sefer Torah? So Amri Lokayim, not Svek Svekas, no. If the guy wrote it, it'd be a problem. But Amri Lokayim, because we're going to be night the Yoser, that that's the Iker tzad. But that's the bottom line. Dr. Gemara, Sefer Torah, Shekos, Ovek Echavim. So what's that law? A Sefer Torah that was written by an Ovek Echavim. Now, to be clear, Sefer Torah that was written by a man, Yisarev, not a conversation. Written by a Yid, that's Mordek. Written by an Ovek Echavim, not a man, not a Galach, where you know for sure he wrote in the shame of Eidazara, but also not by a Yid. So the Gemara says there were three prices. Tanya Chadam, one price, he said, Yisarev, you have to burn it. Tanya Yidach, another price, he said, Yigones, put it in Geniza. But Tanya Yidach, and there's a third price that said, Koyrimbai. You're actually allowed to read from it. So the verse is like Kasha, and really it's not a steer. Oh, the time you saw the rest, it says you burn a rebel as it's going, going to rebel as a dumb old stamp, Machshavis Nachri, Lavi Dazar. That stamp, Machshavis, the guys, Lavi Dazar. This sheet is rebel as is quoted a lot in Masechta Schulen. If you look in the Masechta Shah, Schulen, you'd give a lamed has, Kuftazayan, Avi Dazar, lamed days. It's a big sheet, this rebel as that permeates different sugyas in the world of Avi Dazar, where Rebel Yazar holds that stamp, Ovid Kechavim is Becheskas Koimer. So you don't treat a regular guy any differently than you do a galach. So if a galach would write a sefer Torah, because for sure he had a mind of the same is true if a regular Avikachavim would do that. But the Tanya Yigon is the price that says, not Sreifah, Geniza, Haitano, it's the following Tano, the Tani, Rav Hamnuna, Brede Rav Mipashrunya, Rav Hamnuna, who was the son of Rav Mipashrunya, taught the following price, another price that really we could spend days on. Sefer Torah, Tfilin, Mezuzah, Sefer Torah, Tfilin, Mezuzah, Shekosvan, that were written by, take out the word min. So if you take out the word min, it's probably not in Moser, but it's Moser, written by a Moser, right? a Moser is a Malshin, or an Oivet Kechavim, Ve'evet, Isha Ve'katan, Ve'kuti, Ve'yisrael, Mumer, Psulin. Are going to be possible. If any one of the aforementioned wrote it, it's possible, Shinemar. It's based on the following drasha. It says in the Torah, Ukshartem, Lois al Yodecha, and then it says Uchsaftam, and we learn from there, Kol Sheyesh and Bikshir Yesh and Bikshiva, Vachol Sheyesh and Bikshir and Bikshiva. Someone that Shaykh in the midst of Tvilin can write Tvilin, someone not, not, and if it's true for Tvilin, it's also true for Mezuzah, and Kavachaymer, it's true for, it's true for, the Pasuk is actually talking about Tvilin and Mezuzah. So it's true for Tvilin and Mezuzah, and Kavachaymer is true for a safe attire. But the bottom line is, there's a, there's a rule, Kol Sheyesh and Bikshir Yesh and Bikshiva, Vachol Sheyesh and Bikshir and Bikshiva. Let's just go back and just push a tight the Braisa. So it's for that reason, an Ovid Kechavim is excluded. If Kechavim doesn't have the mitzvah of Tfilin, a mezuzah, Eved is potter from the mitzvah of Tfilin. Why? Because an Isha is potter from Tfilin. Lala mi Isha. Isha doesn't wear Tfilin. Katan is potter from all mitzvahs. Akuti, Rashi says, we're going Kuti, are Geri Arayos. Oh, Geri Arayos are the regular in a Yehudim. What about a Moiser and a Yisrael Mummer? A Moiser is potter from Tfilin. He's in a Bikshira. Even a Yisrael Mummer. And by the way, even though a Yisrael Mummer, we know in many Sugis Hashas has a din of an Ovid Kechavim, but it's always the Chumrah that he has a din of an Ovid Kechavim. He doesn't have a din of an Ovid Kechavim that it's a way out. So all of a sudden it's a Hefkevelt, right? Of course not. So what's Pshan in a Moisner and a Mummer? So Rashi says, Hari Parkum Me'aleim Oil. It's because they were Pirate Oil. And because they were Pirate Oil, they have a din of an Enabik Shir, which is a very interesting Indian. Also not for now. But the bottom line is, so this is a Mephurish Abraisa that teaches us the rule that kol she yeshnei b'kshira, yeshnei b'kshira. So an oivet kechavim, the right to say the Torah, being that he's ene b'kshira, he's ene b'kshira, that's why you got it. So again, the Abraisa that says, Yisarev is Rebbe Yasser. Every oivet kechavim is treated like a myth. The Abraisa that says, Yigonez, kol she ene b'kshira, and the price that says that you can actually read from the Sefer Torah. Hi, Tano, it's the following. Tano, we to the price. You're allowed to buy Sifrei Torah from Oivdei Kechavim. As long as it was written properly. So as long as you look at the Sefer Torah and it has all the halachas that you're supposed to write a Sefer Torah with, it's going to be okay. There was a story about Kechavim Mechavet Tzidah. There was a guy who lived in Tzidah. He was a famous Sefer. They hit the Reb Shem Gamliel. It's unbelievable. He was someone that Rav Gamliel gave a haskama. He walked in, he had an Isra, Rav Gamliel says, yeah, this is okay, you want to buy tefillin for your sons, become a bar mitzvah, it's unbelievable. But this is what it was. So you see clearly that there's an Indian of being able to write a stam, even if you're an Ovi Kechav. Oh, so that price is going according to that mandama. So we were able to be masada all the prices. But the Gemara says, I have a problem. Rav Gamliel can't be there's something wrong with that story. Rav Shimon Gamliel allowed a guy to write a Sefer Torah. You know why it can't be? Because, why can't it be? 
he doesn't have to hold like Rebbe Yezer, that holds an Oyd Kachavim as a min. Right? Only Rebbe Yezer holds that. So he's Chayluk maybe on the drush of Kol She'enu B'Kshiri, E'enu B'Kshiva. That could be. The reason it can't be is because the son of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel himself said a, 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 a study digger reason. Because Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Ibud Lishman Boy, Ksiva Lishman Boy, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel has a shita that the hide that's used, the, the oil, the skin, the leather that's used for the bottom of the tefillin needs to be processed. The tanning had to be done Lishma. The Gemara holds if the Ibud has to be done Lishma, Kalva the Ksiva has to be done Lishma. Right? You think the Ksiva is more important than the Ibud. So if the Ibud has to be done Lishma, for sure the Ksiva has to be done Lishma. And if the Ksiva has to be done Lishma, well, it's a problem because so that already would be an issue and that's where the Gemara is coming from so the Gemara said we learned to the Brisa meaning a Tanya a Brisa where Shem Gamliel said as Allah that even needs to be if somebody covered the bottom of his film in gold or the skin that he used came from a behemoth if you use the it's going to be kosh and even if the Ibud the tanning wasn't on the Shem Gamliel even the behemoth is going to be puzzled. You have to make sure the ibud is going to be lishma. If the ibud has to be lishma, for sure the ksiv has to be lishma. So what's the in this ma'isa? There was a oivik echavim and sidon campi. On my rabbi bar shmuel, so rabbi bar shmuel said, "You're right. You have to say that story over there." And really, that price says beger shechaza lesurai. It's talking about a ger that was chaza lesurai. It's talking about he was a yid, but he was a yid that went back to being an ena yehudi and a ger that's chaza lesurai. That's what he allowed. But the Gemara says, Lesurai, Kolshkin, Havalei Min? I think a Gersh Chazal Lesurai is probably a Min. That's what the Gemara assumes. He's worse than an Oivit Kaychavim. So for sure you wouldn't be able to use it. I'm Rabbi Ashni, Shechazal Lesurai, Mishum Yer. It's talking about he was Chazal Lesurai. He was Chazal Machmas Yer. Being that he's really a Yid, so he's Shaykh to Lishma. Avada, Rabshun Gamliel holds you need Ibel Lishma. He also holds that you need Ksiva Lishma, but Kabachem Yels, you need Ksiva Lishma. The Chachamim felt, don't buy Svarim from this person. That was okay. He was a person that was a Yid. He was Shaykh to Lashma. Even though he was Chayzal Asurah, it's not because he became Aduk Bavay Dazara. He was Chayzal Asurah simply because of the fact that there was some element of Yira. Bottom line is, that's Pshat in the three Brises. Tan Rabbanan. Mailan Bidmeyem. Ad Kedei Trapoyek. So the Mishnah said, Eim Moikhin Svarim Tfilim Azuzas, Yoyisrael Kedei Dameyem. So the Gemara says, stating back, we don't nickel and diamond, right? If you want a little bit more, a trapoic more that you can do. My trapoic, Amar Rav Sheish is estira. In case you want to know what an estira is, Rashi says Sela Medina Shminis Shevet Sela Tzuri Dahainu Chatsi Dinar. Either way, so a little bit more you're allowed to spend. Taisa, there was a, a non-Jewish woman, the Aisi Chaisa the Tefillah that came to Abaya. She shows up to Abaya and she has a sack full of Tefillin. She tells Abaya, "You want to buy the Tefillin?" So, of course, Abai wanted to buy it. He wanted to be matzlot from them. Now, using it or not using it is a bazunder shaila, but for sure to buy it. For sure to put it in Gniza. Amalasi told her, Yavili Reish Reish, I'll buy a Reish Reish. Rashi says Reish Reish is Aramaic for Zug Zug. I'll buy a pier, Bitamri. I'll pay you, I'll give you some dates for it. So when the woman heard that that's what she's going to get, meaning she thought she was sitting on some Hoin Rav here. This was her ticket. And she thought that she's going to sell it for a lot of money. And Abai is offering her tomorrow. She got really, really angry. She took it, and she threw it into the river. Abai said, and I made a mistake. I shouldn't have been so mezalzal. I should have offered a little bit more. Meaning Abai thought that this was an opportunity to get it on the cheap. But sometimes if you offer too little, it's also not good. And he shouldn't have been mezalzal because lowballing on that level actually caused her to get so angry. It triggered this ire, this kas. And as a result, it ended up not being good. So Abayah learned the lesson from here. And he said, and This concludes the daf portion of today's daf. So as it relates to raid, going back to the Mishnah on daf Memheyom and Aleph, where the Mishnah discussed the halacha, the well-known halacha. So, just to appreciate the chiddush of this Takonas Chazal, the Rambam in Hilchis Matnesani in Periches Halacha Yud discusses the mitzvah of Pidyon Shvuyim. Just listen to L'Shoyne Yazov, Shel HaRambam. If somebody's giving tzedakah and he has an opportunity to give tzedakah towards Pidyon Shvuyim, it has Kedima over Parnasas Aniyim, over supporting Aniyim. 
says the Rambam. There's no bigger mitzvah in the Torah than the mitzvah pidyon shvuyim. Why? Because when somebody is being held captive, he's hungry, he's thirsty. He's not given proper clothing. And he's in a massive of sakonis nefashis. And if someone it looks away, he turns a blind eye, he says, I know there's someone right now who's being held in captivity. But How many times do you see the Rambam talk like this? Sounds like right? The whole regime of Aver is that a person gets when he speaks Lashon Ar. So says the Rambam that if someone's Mailim Ayin from Pidyon Shfurim, he gets all these things, and then since Svetin Mo, to make sure we heard it, the Elocha Mitzvah Rabbah in Pidyon Shfurim. Says the Rambam, there's no mitzvah rabba like pidyon shvuyim, and the truth is, this comes up in Gemaras. We find that pidyon shvuyim wasn't just treated like tzaka; it wasn't even just treated like hatzalas nafashis. It's elocha mitzvah rabba mi pidyon shvuyim. Just one maramakim. There's a Gemara Masechtas by the Basra that Avches Amid Beis, but the Gemara says this lashon: pidyon shvuyim mitzvah rabba. If pidyon shvuyim is a mitzvah rabba, the Gemara says in Megillah Avchav Zayin Amad Alf: Ein moichren seifat Torah, elo will my Torah v'lisa yisha. That you're not allowed to sell a safe attire, right? Today's stuff we talked about buying safe attire. You're not allowed to sell a safe attire with the exception of two things. Why did it say pidyon shvuyim? Shema says taisves milsa de pshitehi. You want to know why I didn't say pidyon shvuyim? It was so obvious. It's so posh. Anyone that knows anything about pidyon shvuyim knows you do everything for pidyon shvuyim. It was so posh. It didn't even have to be said. But Al Kapodim, this is the Rambam. The pidyon shvuyim is literally elocha mitzvah rabba kemay pidyon shvuyim and shaloi kedarke. The Rambam lists a whole regime of Ravan and Essen that a person violates if he violates the mitzvah pidyon shvuyim. With that backdrop, think about the takana of the Mishnah. It's an unbelievable chiddush. There's an opportunity to do pidyon shvuyim, ein mitzvah rab, but at the same time not yesem mikdei And the reason is not miyikaradit. Based on all the rules and regulations of how a yid's supposed to approach a mitzvah, of course that's not the way we would approach it. But it was mipnei tikuna And it's interesting that the Bnei Yeshiva, the Amayuroim in Bavel, when they were sitting and harving on what the Tanoim instituted, they didn't know Pshad and the Takana. They didn't know. They didn't have a clear Messiah on it. And they had two Tzadim. Ibai Was the tikuna Oilam Duchka de Tzibura? They were partially concerned that the Oilam would be impoverished because it might just cost too much money. Or maybe that wasn't the Nakuda. The Nakuda was they were afraid that this would become a recurring thing. And if this is something that would repeat itself again and again, maybe that's what the concern was. What would be if there's a relative who has money and he's willing to pay? If it's Tukhid, we don't have to worry about it. If it's more related to a chashash that we're feeding the monster, so in that instance, this is something we would have to worry about. And the Gemara did not resolve this Ibaya. It's Ibaya, the law of Shita. Here on Daf Mem Hey and the same Toisvis is the Kamon on Daf Nun Ches asks Akasha from the Gemara that we're going to learn in the not too distant future. It's one of the Gemaras that talk about Churban Beis Hamikdash, the Sugis of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, and the Gemara tells the following story. There was a story with the great Rabbi Yeshua. He went to visit a Krach Godel Shabiraimi. Right, one of the big cities in Rome. On Ruloi, they told him, Tinoik echad yesh There's a Tinoik that right now is being held captive in the Beis Asurim. Reminiscent of the Nazar of Shimon Atzadeh. Very, very handsome. So the great Rabbi Shua goes to the Pesach of the Beis Asurim, Omar, and he said over the following Pesach, the Pesach says, Yeshaya Novi said, Minos on the Meshisa Yaakov, Fi Yisrael, 
So the Tinoik heard what he said, and he quoted the end of the Pasuk. Says the Gemara, you heard the response that this child had to what he said. He quoted the beginning of Yeshaya Membeis Chavdalit, and the child was able to quote the second half of the Pasuk, all in the context of what was going on at the time. Omar, he said, He says, that this child is going to be a murderer of Israel. Then he swore, I'm not leaving this place until I'm paid in, and it doesn't matter how much money. Amru, they say, He came up with the money, and it didn't take a long time until this child became a murderer of Israel. Who is this child? Rabbi Shmobin Elisha. He vaxed to be the great Rabbi Shmobin Elisha. It's a beautiful, heartwarming story. Of its Kinegar Chazal. How is Rabbi Shulman Chananya able to be poided this child? Bechom Mamin Shepoiskin Allah. Lachayre ain't poided as a shfuyim. Yes, I'll get the mayim. As I freak Taisa Kasha. And Taisa's here, Amem Hey Amad Aleph says two turrets into this Kasha. One terrorist Taisa says is that it could be it was Bashas Khurban Abayas. And because of it being a Shas Khurban, so the world was different then, and therefore you didn't have to be worried. We're not going to talk about that Teretz Teis right now. The other Teretz Teis says is that could be that was different. Lefi muflik because this child was a prodigy. He was a muflik bechachma, and because this child was a muflik bechachma, so it's for that reason. In this instance, he felt that it was going to be different. So we have a very very important chiddush from the Bali Teis that the Bali Teis said that even though the Mishnah says in poidin asashvuim yesam but for a muflik b'chachma, like a young Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha, over there it's different. That's an exception to the rule. In that instance, this tikkum na'olam was not something that was going to apply. This halacha of ein poidin asashvuim yesem ikadei demeim was brought down in Shulchan Aruch. It's in Hochas Staka. That's what the sugya pidyon shvuim is. And it's in Yerdeya. It's simin reish nun beis siv dalad. Mechaber says as follows. Ein poidin ashvuim yosem ikadei demeim. You can't be poidin ashvuim for more than they're worth. Because of Tikkun Oilam, says the Mechaber, what's the Tikkun Oilam? Because we're afraid that if you're going to redeem this Shavoy, the Shvuya, yes, you're just going to incentivize the captors to do this again and again. And it's for that reason, this is something that you're not allowed to do. If a person has his own money, then he's allowed to use all the money in the world. The same is true for a Talmud Chacham. Or even if he's not a Talmud Chacham, Elashahu Talmud Charif, but he's a Talmud Charif, the Efshashayya Adam Gadol. And it could be he's gonna become an Adam Gadol, Pai the Noisa Bidamim Rubim. In that instance, you could be Pai to him Bidamim Rubim. The Mechaber picked sides in the Bay of the Gemara. What's the real reason for the Takana of Ain Pai the Nasashu Yasim Kedemeim? And the Mechaber said, it's Shalayu ha'oyven moisren atzma aleyem l'shvoysa. What the Gemara referred to as the loy legarfu, right? We're afraid that this is going to incentivize the v'lai In fact, the Mechaber doesn't make the exception to the rule and say that if there's a relative that has a lot of money, this relative's allowed to go and be poi de yesem ikadei de The only thing the Mechaber did say was is that if the person himself has enough money, he could be poi himself. But a relative can't. Why? Because that was the nafkimina that Rashi spoke out in the Tut Stodom and the Yibayah. And to the extent that the Mechaber is being machriya in this Yibayah, and he's naming on the Tzad, so therefore, the Mechaber doesn't say that a Karav could pay. You yourself, that's a bazundar ma'isa. But a karav, that's not something you can do. Additionally, the Mechaber paskins toistus. The Mechaber says, V'chein l'tamud chacham. Even that is going to be enough. So the bottom line is, What's the reason for it? It's based on a chashash that we're afraid that if you're going to do it once, it's just going to lead to it happening over and over and over again. There's one exception to the rule, and the one exception to the rule is a Talmud Chacham. And that brings us to today's raid. And really, today's story which is a very, very well-known story. It's the story of the Maram the Rotenberg. So just a little bit of context and a little bit of background. So the Maram the Rotenberg, also known as Ramea ben Rabaruch, was one of the great Rishonim. He lived during the 13th century. He was born in Germany. 
he learned in France for a certain period of time, and then he spent the end of his life in Germany again. The Marami Rutenberg was one of the Bali Toysfes. In fact, the Chida in Hashem Magdoilim says that Toysfes Amasachtis Yuma was written by the Marami Rutenberg. So the Marami Rutenberg is one of the Bali Toysfes. But in addition to being one of the Bali Toysfes, he was also a Rebbe who had famous Talmidim, the Rosh, the Mordechai, these were all Talmidim of the Meram Rottenberg. But where his real esteem was held was in that he was the biggest Meshiv of his generation. So Shilas that were being sent to a Gadol, he was the Supreme Court. It's actually interesting because the Meram Rottenberg lived at the same time as the Rajba lived. So right, if you're familiar with Chuvas Arajba, there's many, many Chalokim and Chuvas Arajba. There's over a thousand Chuvas in Chuvas Arajba. And it tells you everything you need to know about the Rajba, meaning what he was held in terms of international prominence. Right, if you want to know where a Godel stood, look at their Chuvas. That's always the best indication because the Rajba is getting Shilas from everywhere. The Rajba lived in Spain, and in the Sephardish world, he was the Meshiv. At that same exact time, the Marama Rutenberg in Germany and France and all the Medina's Ashkenaz was doing the same thing. There are close to 1,500 Shuvas in Shailos and Shuvas Maram. Because the Maram was, was a Meshiv. So when you think of the Maram in Rutenberg, so think of the Noi Yehuda, the Chassam Seifer, and Moshe Feinstein, writing volumes and volumes of Shuvas and all the complicated Shailos, that's who the Maram in Rutenberg was. So he lived in a Dardaya, but where he distinguished himself very, very much was in this Nakuda. And, and really, that's the, the background to understanding what happens next. Because in the world of the Umay Sa'olam, the Marat and Rutenberg was without question the God of Adar. Because they, everyone knew that his address is where all the Shverish Shailas were coming. And everyone in the world knows the Marat, you have a Shaila like this, you don't know what to do. A Besden is fighting, there's a dispute, you send the Shaila to Marat and Rutenberg. Either way, King Rudolf, who was a, a German king during the 13th century, he decided that he wanted to take the Marama Rutenberg into captivity. Now, this was a, a time where Ish, Kalayoshe Bein of Yarsa, and he was able to do whatever he wanted to do. It was the Wild West. And he decided that he's going to take the Marama Rutenberg into captivity. Why is not 100% clear. But that's something that he did. Now, the Marama Rutenberg got wind of the fact that they wanted him, and he decided that he was going to run away. It's interesting. The historians believe that the Marama Rutenberg wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, that he tried going to Eretz Yisrael. He made it into France, and somebody recognized him. He was the God of Adar. And he was taken, brought to King Rudolf, and they incarcerated him. They put him away. He was held in a big fortress, and he was being held there. Now, when the Yidden heard that the Marama Rutenberg was taken into captivity, so they decided that they're going to try to negotiate a ransom. Maybe they can come up with the money, and let's see what it's going to cost. And they sat down, and there were negotiations, and there was a number that was floated. The Rush, who was a Talmud Wolfic of the Maram in Rothenburg, he took upon himself the Achrayas to raise the money, and it was a Meshunadiga, Meshunadiga Schumgeld, and he had it. He had all the money, and the money was presented to King Rudolf. We give you the money, you release the Maram in Rothenburg. The Maram in Rothenburg was told that he's going to be released, and he said, I refuse to leave. I'm not going. I'm not going to walk out. He says, I'm not going to leave. He said, It's not something that I'm willing to do, and the Maram in Rothenburg stayed. He stayed. He lived in this fortress for the last seven years of his life. He passed away when he was there. He never made it out. Now, it's actually interesting because the Marama Rutenberg was being held like a political prisoner. So he didn't commit a crime. He was partially being held because of who he was. He was a Jew, which was never a good thing to be. And he simply was the God of Adar, the highest ranking Jew. But because he was a political prisoner, sometimes they're treated a little bit differently. And he had certain rights. And one of the rights that he had was this. His Talmidim were allowed to come in and, and learn with him. And if you look in the Martchai in different places, and even Yoyser, the 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 Tashbitz HaKotan, there's a safer called Tashbitz Cotton, which is also a Talmud Ramah Rutenberg. They had access to Ramah Rutenberg, and during certain kufas, they would come in and they would talk to them in learning. And a lot of tshuvas came literally while the Ramah Rutenberg was sitting in Tfisa. But the bottom line is, he refused to be released, and he ended up spending the last seven years of his life in this base Asayr. After the Ramah Rutenberg was nifter, his body wasn't released. 
and the Yidin had no way of getting it out. And 14 years after his Ptira, literally 14 years later, there was a Yid, V'zachel Atoiv, he was known as Ziskin Vimpen, Alexander Ben Salomon Vimpen. He was a very, very wealthy person, and he gave away a tremendous, tremendous amount of money, and they finally agreed to release the body of the Maram Rutenberg that had been sitting there for 14 years. And when they released it, they made a, a kfura and a levaya, and he told the Yidin that he had one condition. His condition was is that I want to be buried next to the Maram Rutenberg. And the truth is that if you go to Worms today, also known as worms. But if you go to Worms, that we have Adayim Mazeh, the caver of the Marama Rutenberg, and right next to the caver of Marama Rutenberg is the caver of Alexander ben Shloim Vimpen, this person, that literally right next to each other, who released him. And I'll tell you something interesting. We don't have a lot of kfarim today from the Rishonim. There's very, very few. In fact, I asked a, a big scholar if he's aware of any other caver of any one of the other Balitoistas. And he said, off the top of his head, no. So it could be this is the only caver that we have of the Miram Rutenberg. It's fascinating. Miram Rutenberg didn't have a Levaya. It didn't have a Kfur until 14 years later. But it's just amazing how you don't know how things are going to develop until years later. But to go to a caver of a Rishan is very, very rare. Befrat, one of the Balitoises, one of the G'doy Liador of the 13th century. But we have the, the caver of the Maram Rutenberg, and he's buried right next to this Yid, Rabziskin Vimpin. But either way, this is a well-known story. This is the story of the Maram Rutenberg. It's interesting that this story of the Maram Rutenberg is quoted by the Marshal, the Yamshul Shloimer, right here in our Gemara. And the Yamshul Shloimer asks a kasha. He asks a bomb kasha on the Maram Rutenberg, and we're going to end with this. And Yat Hashem, there's going to be a part two. Shain Emo. But we're going to end part one with this. And the Sar wanted a lot of money. And the Ktilas were willing to release him. But the Maram Rutenberg himself didn't allow it. Because he said, said the Yamshul Shloyman, this is what I heard. He said it's a Mishnah. Mishnah, get Memeyam and Aleph. You're not allowed to. But it's such a chiddush to me, because being that he was a talmud chacham muflig, from the marshal, there was no one as big as him in his generation in Torah and chesidus. So for sure, it was mutter to be part of That was the story of Rabbi Shmuel ben Chanani, Rabbi Shmuel ben Alisha, said the marshal. Maybe he was such an honor of the Maram. And he held Al-Tzanivus, he's not a Tamachacha Muflik. He should have been concerned about the Bittal Torah. Like he himself wrote. He wrote on himself that he was sitting He was sitting without Torah and Oira. And he literally was, he was writing kinnas. Incidentally, the Marama Rutenberg wrote a kinnah. Right? The Marama Rutenberg wrote the kinnah of Shali Srufa Ba'esh. When did he write the kinnah? When he was in France. He was learning by Rabbi Chilmi Paris. And after the famous debate between Rabbi Chilmi Paris and the Kaimer, so they decided that they're going to burn the Shas. And when he witnessed the burning of the Shas, he wrote this kinnah. But Bahoya Mekoyne, but even an Anav has to understand sometimes when he's needed, when Klai Yisrael needs him. He has to understand what's happening. So it's a pillar by him. So it says, the Marshal, it has to be. That if they were going to redeem him, he was afraid. It has to be that if they were going to be paid to him, that this is something that was going to repeat itself. Because there was so much money being offered for him, and it would get to the point that there wouldn't be enough money in the whole Jewish nation to be able to redeem all the gedolei Yisrael. And Torah would be forgotten from Klai Yisrael. It says to Marshal, 
shamati. I heard. That's King Rudolf. What he wanted was Litvay's gam harosh talmidoi. That he wanted to take the rush. The noidaloi and the rush heard about it. Ubarach the tulitilo. The needs of berach l'reiv chasadav. He ended up being saved. But I heard rumors already that they wanted to go after the rush. Umishum hachi amar chasid. And this is why the chasid said mutav shete ove maat chachma hayaserim yisrael. It's better let a little bit of Torah be lost. We'll lose the Maram Merutenberg. First is losing the entire Torah. And then the Amshel Shloimeh says, and this is the punchline, and I'll prove to you that my theory is right. Because after they took the Maram Merutenberg, they never took another yet. And the Maram Merutenberg, Taka lived seven years in Tvisa, and his body was there for 14 years. And he writes that he was Yoshev the Choshev at But at the same time, says the it never happened again. And how is it possible it never happened again? This sounds like this was a systematic mission that King Rudolf was embarking upon. You know why it didn't happen? Because he saw it didn't work. And he says, it's Pasha to me. Had the Yidin come up with the money, they would have done it again and again and again. If Tyra could have survived this Xero. So he understood that this was a Xero that had the potential to create the Shtakach Tyra Misrah. And he said, Mutav, it's better that I give myself up. This was a suicide mission of the Maram Rotenberg. It wasn't Oiskalt and Alpi Alocha. Alpi Alocha, he had every single right to redeem himself. But just like, just like Rabbi Hanina ben Tradian learned Torah Barabim, and remember Rabbi Yisrael Kisma told him, he says, I hear you doing such silly things, and he did it anyways. And we know that Rabbi Akiva taught Torah Barabim, even though it meant it was going to, literally, he was going to have to sacrifice his life. But to Rishonim already said, because it was a Rasha that sometimes Sadiqim were able to see things. By Russia, and they can give up their life, they can give up their Torah, their Gashmias, and their Ruchnias. 100% the ultimate mysterious nefesh. Where he gave everything up. Why? Because he understood it's not about him, it's about Klai Yisrael. So the Maram Merutnberg gives everything up to save Klai Yisrael. And the Yam Shoshloimis says, What I think, that's what I think. Says the Yam Shoshloimis. The riot is because it never happened again. And that's Posh it to me, it's clear that in the schos of the Ram Rutenberg and the Chachm of the Ram Rutenberg, that's what prevented this from repeating itself. And again, Beza Hashem, we're just getting started. That's Hashem, there's going to be a part two.